Next on BYU Sports Nation, the sleeping giant of BYU athletics on the heels of Taysom Hill's chances in the NFL. Who's your sleeper athlete at BYU right now? He finished 10th in the Boston Marathon. His mustache finished 9th. Olympian Jared Ward joins us in Studio B. What's next for his illustrious career? Plus, the newest BYU basketball signee, Ryland Bergerson, on why he chose BYU hoops. And what's the chance BYU volleyball does not make the NCAA tournament? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. Sports! BYU sports specifically. Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Friday, April 21st, wherever and however you're dialed in. It's great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the guy that always brings the orange slices for halftime, Jason Shepard. They're delicious. Uh, they quench your thirst, and they're full of vitamin C. Why did that become a thing, by the way? Especially like in little leagues, and why don't they continue that tradition into the pros? It's the because nobody wants to be seen on the sideline as a professional eating orange slices <laughs> and drinking a Capri Sun. <laughs> When did that become a thing? Like, I want to know who started that trend and, like, who decided, like, yeah, orange slices. Because we all do it. Are the way to go for a mid-game snack, a halftime snack. When it's, when it's our family's week to bring the snacks, we all gravitate towards the same things. Absolutely. Orange slices at halftime, Capri Suns <laughs> after the game, and, like, I don't know, some fruit snacks or something Absolutely. to go along with it. See, fruit snacks for me are kind of like the ultimate like mid-game snack because it's small bag, rip open the bag, and you can really dump them all in your mouth at the same time. All at the same time? Yes. Wow. It's quick. It's easy. Delicious. See, I would say that Gushers and like a Capri Sun after the game, like that genre is, is the way to go. But the orange slices at halftime has always fascinated me. They taste better at that moment. As a little kid athlete, as a young athlete, than at any other situation. Like, when do you just eat orange slices for the fun? If you have them at halftime of a game, you're like, oh, these are so good. When else do you eat orange slices? Do you, do you eat them on a salad? Uh, no. Because that, there is, that is an option at certain salad bar restaurants. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can throw out the little mandarins. But, like, there's certain things you only eat at certain times. See, I orange would, slices are kind of like that. I would throw an audible into the mix. Like when I, when I have the opportunity or the responsibility <laughs> as a parent to take orange slices, I'm going to go with the mandarins. I'm just going to peel them and take the full little mandarins mm-hmm. and do that instead of like the typical orange slices. Because sometimes oranges are gross. Are you talking about the, like the little cuties? Yes, Ma- mandarins. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's- Clementines. <laughs> I- I don't know. It's an orange. It's an orange, right? <laughs> it's a mini orange, okay? It's an orange. It's a mini orange. Why well, we have to but give who special invented names that? for Who everything. started the orange slices? I just, I just, one time, I want to see LeBron James at halftime just with a huge orange slice in his mouth, just going to town. Like, yeah, we're having fun playing basketball. It will never happen. <laughs> Yet he'll bite his fingernails on camera. Whatever. What's more unbecoming? Come on. Bring on the headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. Aaron Wilson from the National Football Post is reporting that BYU linebacker Harvey Longy is drawing lots of interest from the Houston Texans, the Baltimore Ravens, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Steelers, and the Chiefs also reportedly have Longy on their radar 
In other draft news, Taysom Hill named a potential sleeper pick. We'll tell you by who coming up and what's trending. Oh, my goodness. That is a tease if I ever heard one. Right? It actually really is a tease. The third-ranked BYU men's volleyball team lost in three sets last night to fourth-ranked Hawaii in the MPSF tournament semifinals in Long Beach. We got an upset here in semifinal number one as number three seed Hawaii defeats number two seed BYU. Listen, the Cougars are just setting them up, <laughs> just setting everybody up. Oh, they got swept by Hawaii. They're no problem. Dude, this is all part of the plan. It's all like flying under the radar. All part of the plan. I like the way you're thinking. Jake Langlois led the Cougars with 14 kills and a 462 hitting percentage. That's pretty good. Cougars now wait for their seed in the NCAA tournament. And speaking of Jake Langlois, he's been named a finalist for the Karch Karai Award, which is given to the nation's best outside attacker. Leo Durkin was selected as a Loy Ball Award finalist, which is given to the nation's best setter. Also, Ben Patch named a finalist for the Brian Ivey Award, Given to the nation's best opposite. The power of BYU volleyball. Clearly somebody forgot the orange slices last night for the Cougars, right? <laughs> or maybe too many orange slices. I, I don't know. One of the two. BYU baseball still hasn't won a game in San Diego. In West Coast Conference play, they lost 6-3 to three to the Toreros last night in game one of three. That's the good news. They have two of three left. Colton Shaver did hit a three-run home run, his fourth straight game with a home run. If you don't count the rain out against Utah, right? Well, it was canceled, so it technically didn't count. even it didn't exist. Brady Corliss gets the start in Game 2 tonight. Listen on BYU Radio at 9 p.m. Eastern. San Diego ranked 26 in the country. They are tops in the West Coast Conference. Huge series continues tonight. Absolutely. And BYU men's golf leads all teams currently in the West Coast Conference golf championships at 9 under par after round 1 yesterday. Second round to play is underway right now in Provo at Riverside Country Club. Rise and shout. It's time for what's trending. Brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. The BYU sleeping giant. Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network was asked to pick his sleeper quarterback in the approaching NFL draft. And he had to go and bring up Taysom Hill. To quote Ian, quote, he had an injury history. Most people don't really know him He's one that several people have looked at his film saying, you know what? This guy has a future in the NFL if he can just stay healthy, end quote. Yes, that is a loaded if he can stay healthy. But there are teams that have taken enough interest in Taysom Hill to fly him out to their facilities. Yes, there are reports out there that uh, the Green Bay Packers have already flown Taysom Hill out to Green Bay for a face-to-face. You don't do that if you're not pretty interested in somebody. Can you imagine him as a special teams player? Can you imagine him as a backup to Aaron Rodgers? Oh, good grief. I mean, that in and of itself, Taysom Hill as an NFL prospect, is a loaded topic because everybody has a very strong opinion about whether or not they buy into that at all. Like, what would you say to an NFL scout from a team about Taysom Hill, BYU Sports Nation. If you were the confidant, what would your report to them be? Okay, now That's a loaded topic, and one we will follow religiously next week leading up to the actual draft, just like the other Cougars in the mix, Jamal Williams, Harvey Longy, Kai Nakua, Andrew Idy, just to name a few. But what about the current athletes on campus, ones that are still playing, not like Taysom Hill? Or will play next season. Jason, the orange slices cannot wait for today's Twitter question. 
Who's your pick for biggest sleeper athlete right now at BYU and why? First tweet coming in from at Broil Blue Coog. Big Mo Lange. Uh, did you go with the literal, like the biggest sleeper athlete? I think athlete? this is a literal and figurative big. <laughs> uh, he could be a game changer on the line on either side. The line is where the game is won. Okay. In the trenches. Will he even see a snap on the field? I'd be shocked if he doesn't redshirt for sure. Like, I don't think Mo Longy is going to take a snap on the field this year. I would hate to be the person sitting behind Mo Longy on the, on the bench. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Just it's like sitting behind the guy with a really big hat. Shape. Okay, so a, perhaps a literal and figurative answer right there. But who do you really pick right now if you have to go with one BYU athlete on campus that is playing in spring or will play in the fall or winter next year, who's it going to be? All right, I am going to go to the diamond for my sleeper. That's a shocker. <laughs> Listen, it's legitimate here. I'm going with sophomore right fielder Brock Hale, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Brock Hale is 35th in the country in batting average at 394. That's pretty stinking good. He took over kind of what Brennan Lund was doing last year. Absolutely. Here's the thing. That 394 batting average leads the team as well. This guy is putting up huge numbers this year for BYU baseball. He's also ranked 29th nationally in on-base percentage at 482. By the way, that also leads the Batcats. Yeah, understandably. What makes these numbers even more impressive is that he's missed the last few weeks with a knee injury. Can we get that guy back on the field, especially in San Diego? Well, he he pinch hit last night, which is a good sign. That means, hopefully, that he's close to being back to full strength. But this is a guy, we, we talk about the offensive numbers and what he can do at the plate. Obviously, phenomenal. Ranking nationally, still, after missing the last couple of weeks, still ranking nationally. But he can run. He can play defense in the outfield. He's got a great arm. He has a very good chance of being drafted next year if this continues. This guy is a stud and worth everyone's time to check out. I know a lot of you are like, Look, football, basketball dominate, right? So why aren't we talking about football and basketball players? The whole idea of a sleeper is somebody that is under the radar. And BYU basketball and football, by nature, get a ton of media attention. Us being the major proponent of that, right? (laughs) Guilty. But these players that are sleepers sometimes play in those Olympic sports. And for me, I'm going with BYU softball. And I'll talk till I'm blue in the face about McKenna Bull. Because of what she's doing. She is one of the of, McKenna Bull WCC Pitcher of the Week. Yes. <laughs> McKenna Bull, McKenna the Raging Bull, the Dream Crusher, whatever <laughs> you want to call her. She deserves more attention. 21 and 4 record this year. She has set, and these are the words of Andrew Corliss, our producer today, every pitching record known to man, <laughs> including the career strikeout record for BYU. She has the career mark for most victories at BYU. She won a complete game and a win over 13th ring Washington this year. 18-time WCC Pitcher of the Week in her career. And she's been times. She's been the two-time Pitcher of the Year in the West Coast Conference. Yeah, I know there are only six teams in the WCC, but still, like, it's not close. There is zero question that she is dominant on the West Coast. 21-4. and four. She deserves more credit. There's a reason BYU is ranked in the top 25 and in position to potentially host an NCAA regional for the first time in a very long time. They feel like this team is special, and she is leading the charge. You know, sometimes uh, terms like great and dominant sometimes get overused or used uh, in, in the wrong situation. 
not with McKenna Bull, because she is dominant and she is great. You want to talk about how good she is? Like we asked her about that one to nothing loss to then second ranked Oregon. They're still a top five team, by the way, in Eugene. The one run was unearned. McKenna Bull (laughs) did not give up that run. And she's like, oh, that one stings. She gives BYU a chance to beat any and every team in the country. This BYU softball team is for real. And I know it's not the king that football is, but my goodness, appreciate what she is doing as a sleeper athlete. Why she's a sleeper, I don't know, but she is. And I'm trying to make it so that BYU softball as a whole are more respected. Okay, so if you had to go with a football player, okay, is there anybody on the football team that you can think of that would fit the criteria of a sleeper? Yes, given recent circumstances, I would say Moroni Laulupututau is a sleeping giant See, because he makes the transition from wide receiver to tight end and because of what Matt Bushman did, spring football game MVP, like all of a sudden MLP is like kind of – out of people's minds, right? Like, oh, Bushman's going to be a stud, and we've got all these different athletes, and Tanner Mangum coming back. Moroni Laulupututau, as a tight end with those hands, do you remember the catches he made last year on the sideline against Mississippi State and in the end zone against West Virginia? Like, that dude still has amazing hands, and he's going to be a force at tight end. I feel like he is a sleeper for the BYU football team. I, I would agree with that. Now, how about on the, on the basketball side? Uh, you tell me. One of the names that, that kept popping up, was Elijah Bryant. Okay. We saw, now, obviously injuries played a major role in his season last year and what he was able to do for BYU. That's why he's a sleeper. That's why he's a sleeper. But when he was in the lineup and at full strength for BYU, this team played better. This team had a different edge to them when he was out there on the floor. I'm really excited now that he'll have a full offseason to get himself right for the upcoming year, I'm excited for what he could mean for this team. And, and really, it's what the coaches had envisioned for him last year heading into the year because we remember all the coaches were talking about how good he is, how well he's going to fit into this system. Look, we expect big things from him last year, and the fact that, that now we might be able to see that, that's, that's exciting things for BYU basketball. Let's uh, wake these giants up from their slumber Beginning with football, which starts in, in when? When, Jason? Hit it. When is that again? Countdown to the Vikings. 127. 127 days away. BYU hosting the Vikings of Portland State in Provo late August. Let's keep it rolling on Twitter. We've given you our sleeper athletes. Brock Hale, McKenna Bull, Moroni Laulupututau, Elijah Bryant. There are a handful of others. We want to know yours. So let's go to the Twitter machine. At one bald Cairo Doc says Kiwi Kicka Johnny Linehan. He will score on fourth and long out of the end zone because this time he will run to the side. He usually kicks for a real fake. Run outside, Johnny. Run outside. There is nothing about Johnny Linehan that is a sleeper. That's true. We all pay attention to Johnny Linehan. Because of who he is. Because he's that good, too. At Laser Sheep, Akile Davis. I recently met him and witnessed his strength and speed firsthand. I see him being a serious contributor this season. That from at Laser Sheep. Akile Davis. That one is absolutely off the radar. Coming up, BYU basketball six foot six guard signee Ryland Bergerson will join us to talk about why he picked BYU, but first, top ten finisher at the Boston Marathon and Olympian Jared Ward and his mustache. This is BYU Sports Nation.
What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Ahern Rental. Your next job is our priority. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. National and worldwide simulcast available for BYU Sports Nation on BYU TV and BYU Radio Conversation is bumping right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Tomorrow's going to be a fun and a big day for BYU Sports Nation. We will be live from the BYU Fan Fest in Las Vegas. BYU Sports Nation broadcasting live from the Craig Ranch Regional Park in North Las Vegas from 3 to 5 Eastern Time. We'll talk with Cougar players and coaches, so stop by or tune in right here on BYU TV. Road trip right after the show. You're leaving right after. Driving down. And then right after the show tomorrow, driving back. Do you need security? Like, can I hitch a ride and then just be like security? I'll stand like this. Absolutely. I don't know how imposing I'll be. Who doesn't want Jason Shepard as his personal bodyguard? (laughs) Come on, let's go. Yeah, show those guns again, dude. Yeah, flex those. Yeah, yeah, I'll sun's take out, that. Sun's out, guns out. I'll take that. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Who's your pick for biggest That's going sleeper? to be my Twitter avatar by the end of this show. I'm just telling you that right now. Yeah, fast forward to that part <laughs> on the BYUtv.org uh, DVR. Take a screenshot. All good. It's going to happen. Jason will do this. Oh, it's happening. I'll tell you that right now. Who's your biggest sleeper athlete right now at BYU and why? At 86WIKUG says the tight ends. Matt Bushman and Moroni Laulapututau will both have over 500 yards receiving this season. Will be the best combo since Pitta and George. BYU didn't have a receiver a wide receiver with over 500 yards receiving last season, I don't think. That's uh, So two tight ends with over 500? Okay, wow. all right. I like where he's going. I wow. hope it happens. Okay, well, yeah, I'll take one. Can we just say that? Just give me one. <laughs> Joining us in Studio B, one of our favorite guests. We are always excited and glad to have him hanging out with us, Jared Ward. BYU professor, first and foremost, right? That's right. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Also, also top 10 runner in the world when it comes to the Boston Marathon and the Olympics. But you, what? what is missing? Your mustache is gone. Uh-huh. Did I, you do this last time you came on? I did, you actually. the mustache right before actually. you came on the show? Yeah. Is this a wife request? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to table that. Um, <laughs> But she does, you know. I've always, I've always shaved for her birthday and for Christmas, right? And uh-huh. and, and that's pictures and things like that too. But coming into this uh, Boston buildup, I it was about a month ago. I said, I think I'm going to shave it for a little while. And she, she's like, really? You know, this is and this is new. This is new. And my lip was cold walking over here. <laughs> frankly. So we'll see how long it lasts. But. Okay. So not a permanent fixture at this point, but definitely an important part of, of your running and personal career. Well, yeah, and I think um, I've always been afraid to shave it before races like, like the Boston Marathon, right? Because I think no one would know who I am. <laughs> it's now, a trademark now. I'm trying to, yeah. How is President Obama going to be like, hey, where, where's the mustache guy? Where's Jared Ward? You know, I'm sure, I'm sure the only reason he recognized me is because I'm the only one on that team with a mustache. The <laughs> Olympic team, right? No, the only one on the, yeah. All good. All good. Jared Ward with this. In all seriousness, congratulations on quite a year. Oh, my goodness. I mean, in the last calendar year, you finished number six in the Olympics. You finished top 10 in Boston. And there's, you know, significant arguments that the Boston Marathon is way more loaded than the Olympics <laughs> because you're not limited, right? Anybody right. can qualify for that. Right. right. You, only, you can only have uh, three Kenyans at the Olympics and three Ethiopians at the Olympics. And that you bet Boston. 
you can get a dozen, right? And so, so the, so there is more, uh, there's more international, um, I don't know, they get, they, I mean, they bring, they select what they think is their best team for the Olympics, right? But, um, but you get, uh, you get more of that, a deeper international field sometimes at a place like Boston. So it's different. What is the experience of running the Boston Marathon like? Take, take us, take us on the route. What, what is that like? It's uh it's pretty wild. I mean the uh the fans Boston comes out for this event, right? In fact, I was talking to someone in Boston who moved away for a job for like a year and uh came Boston Marathon Monday and she's like she you know, she was talking about work coming up and she's like, "Well, we don't have work on Monday, right? It's uh it's Marathon Monday." And people are like, "What? Like it's Patriots <laughs> Day, no work, right?" The city of Boston shuts down just like any other Monday holiday, right? And, it's like uh, for Pioneer Day or for, for, right. for people from Utah, <laughs> right. and they leave like, "I don't get Pioneer Day off." That's exactly what it's. Oh, July twenty like. fourth. What? That's exactly. <laughs> and so it does. The city comes out for it, and people are on their front lawn. You know, the the course winds on this like. It's kind of this road that goes through a bunch of towns. And so there's houses on each side of the road for a while. And then you go into this little mini town, right? And then you go out of the town and there's, you're back to houses. And so people are having parties on their, on their front lawns. And like they, got their, uh, they got their tents set up and wow. they're, you know, they're, handing, they're trying to hand you oranges or bananas or whatever. And it's just like this big, it's this big city party. And it's deafeningly loud in some portions. That's amazing. And I heard that for the majority of the course uh, from uh, Caitlin King, who is one of our producers, and she went and watched the Boston Marathon. She said that there are like four or five rows of people deep essentially for 26 miles. Yeah. And so, and in some places, it's like 10 people deep, right? It's, I mean, and just yelling. It's, uh, <laughs> you, you can't hear anything because it's just like a, what's like a wall of noise. Yeah, at some points. It's cool. Does that energize you? Yes. Yeah, for sure. I would think so. It's interesting to watch. You know, when you're running in the pack at the front, it's interesting as you go into these cities and it gets louder. You can just feel it picking up, right? And then you go out of the city and there's still people along the side, but you get out of this noise tunnel and it kind of like the pace settles back down. And then you go back through this next city and you can feel it picking up. And But yeah, we, it, it's a natural energizer for sure. All right, this is a legitimate question. Do not laugh at this question because I, I, I really think about this and wonder how runners get through this, long-distance runners. What do you think about while you're running? <laughs> because I find myself like 45 minutes on like an exercise bike. I'm wanting to get off of it. My mind is thinking of uh, how do you keep your mind occupied during a race? Well, it starts with not thinking about the race at the beginning of a marathon, right? So it's you're on the start line thinking, okay, two my or two 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 hours, right? Here we go. Very broad focus. So for the first part, I'm reading those signs. 25.2 miles to go. Right. Or my grandma can run faster than you. <laughs> or, you know, and I, I'm laughing at this stuff. Um, and then, you know, and then I'll start to focus a little bit later in the race. But I'm trying to have fun. You know, I feel like the first half of the race is for me to have fun. And then the second half is trying to tighten up the screws and, and I start to get competitive. And then the race starts. Now, I know you have figured out the dynamics. I mean, I think you did your thesis on uh, how the best what the best pace is for a marathon. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so how much does that factor into what you're thinking about, especially during the last 13 miles of the race? Well, so it does factor in. Um, I, it's it's obviously not a perfect science because I didn't hit it out of the park this time, right? I think my second half was about 10 minutes slower than my first half. Um, 
But, uh, but I do think about that, and I, I think that that aspect fuels more the plan, and that's what Coach and I talk about before, and, and, and the research, and Coach's experience, and my experience, and whatever feed into the plan, and then when we get out there, um, then it's more of the athlete switch, right? And so we have the, the research that fuels the plan, and then hopefully I can get out there and execute the plan. Uh, but but it certainly feeds into it, right? Uh, and, it's, uh, and it's been fun to continue to do research at BYU. When you come back to class and your students see you, do they treat you like the superstar that you are? Like, hey, Professor Ward, Olympian, top 10 Boston Marathon finisher. Can we please have no homework? Yeah, that, you know, that, see, that's the, that's the only motivation, right? <laughs> you know, they come in, they'll, they'll come in and they'll be like, hey, Dr. Ward. And I'm like, I don't have a PhD. And they're like, it's all right. I'll still call you doctor. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I like you. Um, but that's, uh, no, it's... Uh, the students, you know, students at BYU are very focused on on their education and and that aspect. And I think I have, I'm blessed to have really good students that way. Um, and uh, and so no, they they're they're every once in a while I'll get a running question or we'll talk about it. Um, when I came back from the Olympic trials and made the team, the the class was excited to to celebrate that a little bit. Um, and so I feel like I have good support, but I have good students, and uh, and it's certainly an academic focus. Yeah. So what's next for you in terms of professional running? We're, we got to sort it out. First, I got to get my legs back under me after that marathon. You walk funny for a, a minute after uh, after. I one of can those. imagine. That's, that's surprising that you would, yeah, that that would take a toll on your body. And you got a cold <laughs> lip too. I mean, yeah, to boot, right? <laughs> um, so now I, I I take this week uh, pretty much off. Um, maybe a little bit of cross training. I like that exercise bike. Just some light cycling to kind of get my legs back and then next week um next week I find out how beat up I am <laughs> and then the and we see when training can start and then kind of sort it out but hopefully a few shorter races over the summer and another marathon next fall what is a typical recovery time for something like that it'll take me uh a month before my training is back if is assuming I'm healthy right and so if you come a little bit banged up then maybe it changes but it takes me about a month to get back to the volume being able to get back to the volume and be feel recovered. And then it probably takes another month or two months before I'm back in shape enough to start training for another one. Right. And then that takes two or three months. And so it's, it's a long cycle. Crazy. Jared Ward, Olympian and top 10 finisher at the Boston marathon with us on BYU sports nation. What is your target date for your next major run? Like, because people are interested, they want to know when they can watch and pay attention. So, what what's the next circled date? So, I'm I'm committed to racing a 10k on the 4th of July in Georgia, and uh, and I think I'm going to run the 24th of July 10k in Salt Lake. Good luck right? beating Jared. <laughs> it's a fun one. <laughs> yeah, can you you say it's fun like? Do you, do you really have fun? Like, are you having fun when you're running those I, long distances? I, I'll be honest with you. I don't remember the last time I ever saw somebody running with a smile on their face. <laughs> Every once in a while I smile out there. It is, you know, it is fun for me. And I, and I think part of the fun is trying to become better at something that, you know, we, we all have things we're good at, right? And the sports psychology says that you, the things that you're good at, you like more. The, more. the better you feel like you're at it, the more you like it. And so, you've, so for me, I like running, right? Because I feel like I, uh, I'm good at it. 
Um, and so it's exciting for me to, to take this thing that I've been blessed with some talent in and try to become a little bit better. And I'm thinking about that during the race and when I'm training and that's motivating, right? Just like for anything else that we, that we care about in our lives. And so I, uh, I do get excited to get out there and, and train. I'm excited to get back to the training and I'm excited for the next race and, and it is fun. For what it's worth from the guys that wear makeup and talk about sports on TV. <laughs> is it fun? It is fun. There you go. It is fun. There you go. Congratulations, man. That is, it's so cool to watch uh, you accomplish what uh, you're pulling off right now. It's, it uh, really is it's in, incredible. Well, it's been a very fun ride, and, I, and I've certainly been very blessed. But it's fun to come back here and hang out with you guys, too. This is, this is fun. This is right? fun, this right? Is fun, right? Yes. Yeah. No, no running should, involved. Well, we should run together. Maybe we could have fun doing that, too. And then we can, you <laughs> we know. We can run together for probably like a block. <laughs> yes. I think last time you were on, we talked about the sticker that I had seen that said, like, 0.26 or whatever. Instead <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> of the 26.2. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I need one of those stickers. Jared, thanks, man. Great to talk hey, to you. Hey, thank you, guys. We'll do it again soon. We'll have some more fun soon. Who's your biggest sleeper athlete right now at BYU? That is our Twitter question today. More of your responses on the way. We'll play What's the Chance with Eric Mika coming back to BYU. But first, BYU basketball signee Ryland Bergerson. Why did he pick BYU? BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by Tecano's Brazilian Grill. Escape the ordinary. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard hanging out in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio. Simulcast on BYU TV. We're also on demand anytime, anywhere. The mustache-less yes. Jared Ward just joined us in Studio B. Says he has a cold lip and a sore body after a top <laughs> ten finish at the Boston Marathon. Of course, he finished sixth in the Olympics. What's next for Jared Ward, and what is it really like for a runner in an event like the Boston Marathon, especially one that is towards the front of the pack? What's that experience like? Fascinating stuff from Jared Ward. Absolutely. Tomorrow, big show. BYU Sports Nation will be live at the BYU Fan Fest in Las Vegas, broadcasting from the Craig Ranch Regional Park from 3 to 5 Eastern time. We will talk with guys like Fred Warner, Ty Detmer, Reno Mahe, Ed Lamb. So stop by or tune in on BYU TV. Refreshing today's BYUSN headlines, Aaron Wilson from the National Football Post reporting that BYU linebacker Harvey Longe is drawing a lot of interest from the Houston Texans. The Ravens, Eagles, Steelers, and Chiefs also reportedly have Longy well on their radar. And in other draft news, Taysom Hill named a potential sleeper pick at quarterback by NFL media insider Ian Rappaport. Haven't heard that from anybody. So that kind of grabs our attention. Without question, the third-ranked BYU men's volleyball team lost in three sets last night to fourth-ranked Hawaii in the MPSF tournament semifinals in Long Beach. Jake Langlois led the Cougars with 14 kills and a 462 hitting percentage. Jake Langlois, Leo Durkin, and Ben Patch were named as finalists in national awards for their positions. Will they get in the NCAA tournament after that loss? Yeah, an intriguing conversation that we'll have in just a few minutes. BYU baseball lost 6-3 to last night in Game 1 of a three-game series against first-place San Diego. Colton Shaver did hit a three-run home run. That in the ninth inning is fourth straight game with a homer. Four straight games with a homer. Brady Corliss gets the start in Game 2 tonight. BYU is still looking for their first-ever win in San Diego in West Coast Conference Baseball. BYU Radio at 9 Eastern. BYU men's golf leads all teams currently in the WCC Golf Championships at 9 under par after round one yesterday. Second round underway right now in Provo at Riverside Country Club. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is the newest member of the BYU basketball team, Rylan Bergerson, who just signed to play for the Cougars. Rylan, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. 
Hey, welcome, guys. I appreciate you guys having me on. You bet. Hopefully we got you out of school or something. I don't know. We're trying to do our part. Uh, you prepped in Branson, Missouri last year, and Jason Shepard brought up a fantastic question. What's your favorite yes. country music show? Because Jason's an expert about this stuff. Yeah, yeah. If you haven't been to Branson, it's all about the, the country music shows. So did you go to one, and what is your favorite? Yeah, we actually went, we went to one, I want to say, a few weeks ago, one of, one of our... Uh, our guys took us to one. It, it, it was pretty good. I, I forgot what it was called, though. I can't. I can't <laughs> Please tell me that it was the Bald Knobbers, because that's a that's a real <laughs> show there. I don't think it was. I don't think it was. <laughs> uh, okay, now that the tough questions are out of the way, Ryland, uh, we'll we'll continue with the interview. Congratulations on signing with BYU. How did BYU first come into the picture for you, and uh, what you wanted to do in the next step of your basketball career? So BYU first started recruiting me this past summer. I was playing the team fast. They started recruiting me in July and kind of offered me immediately for 2016, liked me a lot. But by then, I was already committed to this prep, and I, I really thought a prep year would be good for me. So I came here, and they kept recruiting me, kept talking to me, stayed on me hard, stayed really consistent on me, and kind of offered me again for 2017, mid-March, and I really liked them and thought it was a great fit. So I was like, that's definitely where I want to go. So what other schools did you consider, and, and what really pushed BYU over the edge for you? So I was talking to Hawaii really seriously um, pretty pretty recently before I committed to BYU, and then I was also talking to Santa Clara and DePaul and um, San Francisco, schools like that. And then I went on my official to BYU and just really loved it. I thought it was a great fit for me. Loved the coaches, loved the players. It was just it just seemed like the right spot for me. How do you feel about the new basketball practice facility and the Marriott Center and the thought of playing in that environment? It's it's amazing. The practice facility is really amazing. I, it, it blew my mind when I first saw it. And the Marriott Center is obviously amazing. And the thought of playing tonight is just it is it's, it like gives me goosebumps. I can't wait. Now, you played with and are really good friends with another BYU signee, Colby Lee. How much uh, did he play a part in recruiting you to Provo? Um, he may have played a little bit of a part, but I think you can't really make a decision based off where someone else is going. I think the decision was primarily based off the school and how it fit well in there. But, I mean, it's obviously going to help you a little bit to know that there's someone else you know going to the school. Ryland Bergerson, recent BYU basketball signee with us on BYU Sports Nation. How would you describe your style of game as a basketball player? Um, I would say I can, I'm, I'm pretty versatile. I think I can do a little bit of everything. I think I can shoot the ball well. I think I have a pretty good basketball IQ. I know how to play the game. And then I think I'm also a decent defender who can, who can make, make some plays on that side. And I think I can do just a little bit of everything. Is there an NBA player that you kind of pattern your game after? Um, well, I would say I try to pattern my game after Clay Thompson. Obviously, I'm not quite that good. But, I mean, <laughs> I would love to play like him. I mean, he's a great two-way player. He can defend extremely well, shoot the ball, score the ball. So, I mean, I would, I would pattern my game after him. Yeah, that's, that's an elite selection. Yeah, that's uh, not bad at all. Clay, Clay Thompson. <laughs> Do you like to shoot the three as much as Clay Thompson, Ryland? Um, I wouldn't say I shoot about that much, but I, I think I, I shoot the ball pretty well and shoot it pretty good amount. So we've heard a lot about your dad as well. I know he was uh, quite the player at Boise State. 
were the Broncos ever in the mix for you? And there's obviously a pretty healthy rivalry between BYU and Boise State, mostly in football. But uh, how did Boise State fans react to you signing with the Cougars? Yeah, so I, I've seen a couple couple of Boise State fans a little bit mad, but I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't let that affect me. I think this was my choice, and I thought it was a great choice. And I mean, they they recruited me a little bit. I mean, they've recruited me like just a little bit over the over the three years, but not, they've never really gotten real serious about me. We mentioned that your dad obviously played a, a big role you know, for you in athletics and played at Boise State and was, was picked up in the NBA. What, what kind of role and, and what kind of mentor has he been to you, besides being your dad, in terms of basketball? He's played a role. He's been a great mentor. He's, he's all over the place trying to figure out information about schools, trying to get schools on me, trying to just help me figure out where I want to go. And he's done a great job of staying out of it and letting me make my own decision, but also giving me all the information possible because he's, he's been great. I just, I've loved him. Where do you feel like you can help BYU basketball this upcoming season? I think I'm someone you can plug in, and I think I'm someone that can just do like a little bit of everything for them. I can knock down open shots. I can come off ball screens, get guys open. I can kind of guard some of the best players and kind of get in the stance and try to stop them a little bit and kind of rebound a little bit. I think I can come in and just kind of do a little bit of everything for the team. We realize that, uh, you know, everybody needs to have something to get away to because it can't always be about basketball. So when you're away from the game, what are your interests, hobbies? What are the things that you do when you're not playing basketball? Um, I don't know. I, I just, not a whole lot. I mean, I'll just hang out with friends, maybe play some video games, watch some basketball, watch another kind of TV. I mean, nothing really special. I mean, I don't really, I'm not into like skiing and all the extra winter stuff. I just play basketball and just kind of chill out. And, and watching country music shows in Branson, right? Yeah, uh, that too, yep. <laughs> if, any of, if any one of your friends hear this interview, they're going to be like, really, dude? <laughs> the, the only thing that would have made that question better since you decided to come to BYU is if the show that you had seen was The Osmonds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Hey, you'll never forget this interview, Ryland. That is for sure. <laughs> yep. That's for sure. Yep. Re- recent BYU basketball signee and newest member of the BYU Hoops team, Ryland Bergerson. What was your recruiting pitch like from the current coaching staff led by Dave Rose? Um, it was just telling me I'll, I'll come in and they'll give me opportunities and they, they love my game. They think I can, they said they love my versatility and they think I can come in and make an impact if, if I'm willing to work and, going to do what I can to make an impact. We mentioned that you know Colby Lee, but do you have any relationships or have you crossed paths with any of the current BYU players throughout your basketball career? Um, well, Braden Shaw actually played on the same club team I did, Hoop Dreams. He played with one of my friends on a club team, so I know him a little bit, not extremely well, but I mean, if you play on the same club team, you're going to know each other somewhat. When do you uh, expect to make your way down to campus and, and become a permanent fixture in Provo? So I'll come June 26th is when the, the summer session starts, so I'll be, I'll be there June 26th and ready to work. Ryland, great stuff, man. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Welcome to the BYU basketball family and to BYU Sports Nation for that matter. We look forward to seeing you, 
And uh, hopefully we didn't cause too many problems with your school schedule today. <laughs> no, no it, was, it was fine. I actually had a day off today, so I'm good. Oh, nice. Oh, very nice. It worked, it worked out. Mm-hmm. All right, Ryland. Hey, yeah, great, great to talk to you, man. We'll, uh, we'll get you in studio when you get down here. Sounds good. Thank you. Ryland Bergerson joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial. He's fun future. to talk to. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Personality, well-spoken, knows what he can do on the basketball court clearly. And he said he thinks he can uh, defend. Oh, what? Uh, does every BYU fan and every BYU coach and player not love to hear Absolutely. that? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I can play defense. Oh, yes. Yes, more, please. <laughs> love it. Ryland Bergerson. Headed to BYU. Still on the way. How well is BYU golf playing in the West Coast Conference Tournament? It's at Riverside Country Club. That answer in the Cougar Whip Round. And what's the chance Taysom Hill gets drafted? Uh Uh-oh. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton, Jason Shepard. Fresh off of uh, some orange slices, ready to go in Studio B. Your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. Watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. I still have no response to the question I asked at the top of the show. Like, who started the orange slice tradition at halftime? It's of, a tradition as old as time, of little Nobody remembers. Who did that? When did that become a thing that became so popular among all of the American culture? I have no idea. Crazy. Uh, You will be getting in a car in the next probably hour, hour and a half, heading down to Vegas. Why would you be doing that? It's because uh, the BYU Fan Fest. Gamble! Oh, uh, (laughs) no. I'm just kidding. No, no, no. (laughs) The BYU Fan Fest is in Las Vegas tomorrow. BYU Sports Nation broadcasting live will be held in North Las Vegas at the Craig Ranch Regional Park. Be broadcasting live on BYU TV from 3 until 5 Eastern. We will talk with numerous athletes. Just a couple include Fred Warner, Ty Detmer, Rena Mahe, and Ed Lance. So stop by if you're in the area. If you can't. Watch it on BYU TV. Who's your pick for biggest sleeper athlete right now at BYU and why at Jelly Belly Kelly says Cassie Broadhead. Ooh, I like that nice. pick. West Coast Conference Player of the Year, but most people wouldn't know who she is. That is the epitome of a sleeping giant on campus Spot at BYU. On sleeper, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, how did we miss that one? I don't know. Shame on us. Also, let's play What's the Chance? BYU Sports Nation asks, What's the Chance? Pretty self explanatory, folks. We throw out a scenario of something that has a chance of happening. So you're telling me there's a chance. We'll associate that with a specific percentage point and then offer our explanation. Number one. What's the chance Taysom Hill gets drafted into the NFL? Jason? Oh, drafted. Not just gets on an NFL team. Drafted. Uh, I am going to go with. Uh, 47%. That he gets drafted? 47%. Whoa! Really? That high? When your name is being brought up as sleepers, when you're getting that kind of attention, people aren't just throwing that out there. I think you went with 47 because those are the two jersey numbers he wore. Four and seven, right? Uh, yes. (laughs) That is exactly why I did that. (laughs) Great call from you to be able to figure that out. Well done. Yeah, in the spot, in the moment. That that's legitimate, right well there. We don't done, know the numbers. Sir. Like we do not know. We do not discuss this at all. No, we Seriously. Do. Oh, trust me. We don't discuss zero this. discussion. <laughs> I give Taysom Hill a four percent chance of getting four? drafted. Yes, getting drafted. Yes, he'll be on a roster. He is. He is a hot commodity. Like low. 
uh, risk free agent signee, right? It's like, oh, low risk, high reward potentially as a free agent signee because of his injury past. I don't think a team's going to spend a pick on somebody that's had three season-ending injuries, right? Or was it four? Has he? Did he have four? Or was it three? No, four. Yeah, it's four. He had four. Is that, oh, is that why you went with that's four percent? Four, yes, four <laughs> percent. He'll be on a roster, and he'll have a great shot. Now, if we're talking about him like being picked to make an NFL roster, the percentage goes way up for me. Oh, absolutely. He he's cool. I believe he will be on an NFL. So maybe roster. the forty-seven percent is for the NFL roster, but for me, getting drafted four percent. Number two. Look, Jason, I love Taysom Hill probably more than anyone else here, and I would not give him a forty-seven percent chance of being drafted. <laughs> but that's well, just clearly me. you two don't believe in Taysom Hill. No, so. come on. Okay, <laughs> number Taysom. number two, BYU softball hosts an NCAA regional. You take this one first. Ooh. This really comes down to one: if BYU can win out, because if they have a legitimate shot of hosting, in my opinion, they have to win out in the West Coast Conference, and they can do that. Clearly, they are the favorite and the best team. I say, but it's tough. I mean, you have to be with a, that delicate of a game with bounces going the wrong way. and I mean, it's so delicate. So I'm going to say 50% chance that BYU runs the table and puts themselves in position to host an NCAA regional. 50% sure. I think 50% should be off limits. It should either be 50.1 okay, or 49.9. Okay, 51%. 51%. 50, okay, I like yes, that. 51%. I like, yeah, I mean, they're clearly the best team. They're on an 11-game winning streak right now. It's the longest of the season. I, I, I'm going to put it at about 65%. I think okay. they can do it. They're okay. playing great. McKenna Bull of the McKenna Bull WCC Pitcher of the Week mm-hmm. is, I mean, she's brilliant. I mean, that's we talked about her in, in in our opening segment, just how good she's been. Yeah, and someone, Otis Henson tweeted in and said, how could she be a sleeper? She's been dominant from the start. That's true, but yet she's still in the shadows, right? It's just what, it is what it is. I'll, I go 65%. 65%. Yeah. I like that optimism. Number three. What's the chance men's volleyball misses the NCAA tournament? Oh, misses, misses. Yeah, the man. NCAA tournament. I say 0%. This team is in. They are they have so much beef on their resume. They beat number one ranked Long Beach State. They beat, even though they were swept by Hawaii in the tournament, every team is entitled to a bad match in a single elimination tournament setting. They, they swept Hawaii in the two matches earlier this year. They have beaten a lot of good teams. Like the body of work will put BYU volleyball in the NCAA tournament. I say zero percent chance they are not at least one of the at-large bids and in that 16 see i ultimately i agree with you i think they deserve to be an at-large because of the body of work but you know as well as i do and it's not just volley i mean it's any sport it's kind of recency bias you know what what you've done recently positive or negative seems to have an effect when it comes to those selection committees and so i will say that they have a five percent chance wow Five percent. I mean, I don't think it's going to happen, but if somebody wants to look at the loss and say down the stretch you got swept and and hold that against them, I guess it's possible. But ultimately, I think they're in. Yeah, I th- I just think they're in. I think it's zero zero shot that BYU is not in the NCAA tournament, which is why Jerem Jordan is not blasting out on Twitter his worries and concerns. <laughs> Up next, Zach Blair and Daniel Summerhays on the course on the PGA Tour and. BYU men's and women's golf in the West Coast Conference Tournament. Who's bringing it at Riverside Country Club? That's the whip. 
next on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Big thanks to today's guests, Olympian and top 10 Boston Marathon finisher, now clean-shaven Jared Ward. How surprised were we when he walked in the door? What? We talked about it all morning long. Where's the mustache? Yeah, you even teased that his mustache finished ninth and he finished (laughs) 10th. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, Rylan Bergerson, uh, BYU basketball signee, also joined us. Great show today. Uh, coming up tomorrow. That's right, tomorrow, Saturday, Ty Detmer, Fred Warner. How about Mary Lake from uh, Women's Volleyball and a cast of thousands join us from the BYU Fan Fest in Las Vegas live on BYU TV from 3 until 5 Eastern time. I say whip it! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Aaron Wilson from the National Football Post is reporting that BYU linebacker Harvey Longy is drawing lots of interest from the Houston Texans. Also, the Ravens, Eagles, Steelers, and Chiefs reportedly have Longy on their radar. In other draft news from the NFL, Taysom Hill was named as a potential sleeper pick by NFL media insider Ian Rappaport. We talked about that earlier on the program. Volleyball. Download the podcast. Third-ranked BYU men's volleyball team lost in three sets last night to fourth-ranked Hawaii in the MPSF tournament semifinals in Long Beach. Jake Langlois led the Cougars with 14 kills and a 462 hit percentage. The Cougars now await their seed, what we think will be a seed, in the NCAA tournament. Baseball. The Batcats lost 6-3 last night in Game 1 of its three-game series against the Toreros in San Diego. Colton Shaver hit a three-run home run in the top of the ninth. That was his fourth straight game with a home run. Brady Corliss will get the start in Game 2 tonight. You can listen on BYU Radio at 9 p.m. Eastern. Golf. BYU men's golf leading all teams currently in the WCC Golf Championships. Nine under par collectively after round one yesterday. The second round underway right now in Provo at Riverside Country Club. Women's golf finished the first round in second place and trail Pepperdine by five strokes. They are also on the course as we speak. Cougars in the PGA. (laughs) Zach Blair and Daniel Summerhays are tied for 56th through 10 holes and 11 at one under par. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Who deserves the Rise and Shout today, Jason? Should we give it to Jared Ward? Let's give it to Jared Ward. Okay. Good call. Professor and runner extraordinaire. Yes. Who's your pick for biggest sleeper athlete right now at BYU and why? Our elite tweet of the day at Pickfire21 says, Gotta be Mo Longy. He's definitely the biggest, and I'm sure he sleeps sometimes. Plus, we need to know what he can do. Hey, conversation continuing 24-7 on Twitter. Use hashtag BYUSN. Show on demand. Download the podcast for Jason. I am Spencer. Shout out to the creator of Orange Slices at Halftime.